Welcome everyone to That's So Neat. I'm your host Neetu and today I have a very neat topic. We're going to be talking about trauma. I know you guys are going to be like, what the fuck? How is she so excited about trauma? But I love trauma. Trauma is like my favorite thing that I've learned and I've worked with. So I'm really excited to share some of this information with you. So without further ado, let's roll the intro music. To clarify before we start that this by no means is a comprehensive look into trauma. I'm really going over the bare bones today because if I was going to do actual trauma, it could take me like 75 days. So we're just going to go into the bare bones of what trauma is, how it manifests um, in our behaviors. And more specifically, I'm going to be focusing on generational trauma or intergenerational trauma which I feel is a huge thing for us South Asians and just us in general, because we don't really think about how that can be passed on. We know that values, beliefs, and all these systems can be passed down, but believe it or not, trauma can also be passed down. So before we jump into anything, we're just going to give I'm we we there's nobody else it's just me <laughs> I'm going to give you a little bit of an understanding of what trauma is so trauma can be described as an experience that happens in an individual's life that creates serious harm whether that's physical mental or emotional it can be deeply disturbing to that individual and cause them to feel out of control of that particular situation. So like I said, it can be something small like breaking your arm or like, you know, falling on your head in the playground or whatever it may be. It can be something small or it can something be it can be something a little bit bigger or more severe or serious like the loss of a family member or a natural disaster or living with a parent or partner or someone who has a substance abuse issue um, or someone who has severe illness or injury or witnessing an act of violence. These things are very, very traumatic and they do have a significant impact on how we experience things. So when we experience any kind of trauma, we we have both emotional and physical reactions. So these can look like things like anxiety, trouble sleeping, feeling disconnected or feeling some sort of disassociation. So like an out-of-body experience, you're not really understanding what's happening to you in that moment. You're getting confused. You're having intrusive thoughts or you're withdrawing from others. In children, it can look like attempting to avoid school, tummy aches, problems with sleeping, eating, unnecessary anger, unexplained anger, and showing attention-seeking behaviors. So attention-seeking behaviors are just any kind of behaviors of like doing the opposite of what they're told to do to get a negative reaction from someone. Those are attention-seeking behaviors. Now that we know what trauma is, intergenerational or generational trauma is just that. It's just trauma that has been passed on from generations so it's trauma that's being transferred from one generation to another generational generational trauma is a traumatic event that began decades prior to the current generation but it's still having impacts on this generation so think about different big events that have happened being from Punjab being my family's being from Punjab they came around 1984 when a lot of 
bad things were happening in Punjab. And I'm not going to get into exactly what happened. But for everybody that's listening that may not know and wants to know more information, there was a bit of, not even a bit, there was a Sikh genocide in June 1984 by the India government, June 1984 to November 1984. And a lot of horrific events took part in that time frame. And so my family luckily had just immigrated to Canada, but we do have family that was still in India that had the implications of what happened with that. So the trauma that came with a lot of that stuff. Look at the residential schools. Everything that happened to the Aboriginal community in Canada. Look at the Black Lives Matter movement. Everything that happened to African Americans and slavery. Those are big things. Those are big traumatic things that shape how we navigate our lives today. If you want to take a closer look into it, most of our grandparents got married at very young ages and had kids at very young ages. Also, they weren't the wealthiest. Our parents came here to Canada to get away from something in their home country. They came here for a better life. They came here to get away from poverty. They came here to get away from war. All of these things are traumatic things. Now we look at our parents and they worked their asses off. I know my parents, I can't even count on one hand how many times they took sick days. They were always at work, always. And now I look at myself, I never take sick days. I never take sick days. If I'm sick, I'm at work. I'm at work early. I come home late and I don't need to be. But it's like it was programmed in me because I saw my parents do it because my parents always had to fight for money. So I was always taught that I need to also work for money because money is success. But this was taught to me, right? Because for my parents, that was a traumatic event that they went through and then it was passed on here. I never really had to fight for money because my parents were doing great. They're doing awesome. But again, that was taught to me, right? That importance of money or that importance of having a house or that importance of like, you know, being my own person or being set or whatever that may be. That's, that's kind of given and passed down to me from somewhere, right? So now you might be thinking of like, well, how the fuck do I know if I have experience generational trauma or if I'm in a cycle of generational trauma take a look at your family does your family talk about emotions I know sure as hell mine doesn't (laughs) like they do not discuss emotions a family might seem emotionally numb or have a strong hesitancy about discussing feelings if there is a history of generational trauma so for example when we experience death in the Sikh or South Asian community or Punjabi community rather. A lot of people don't like talking about it. I have actually lost a few very close family members to very tragic events. And what I've noticed is when someone dies, that's it. You talk about the person maybe two or three days until the funeral goes, until the pot happens, and then the prayers happen and the person's laid to rest. And then you don't talk about them. They're gone. Even putting up a picture of that person is controversial because it's like out of sight, out of mind. We're not going to talk about this. But for me, I always found that weird because I was like, this person was a big part of my life and I miss them. And sometimes I want to talk about them. And sometimes I want to share my feelings about 
how I miss that person or how I wish in a big, you know, thing for me, whether that's my graduations or whether my wedding day one day. I want those people here. And on those days, I'll miss those people. But I also know that I'm forbidden for talking about it. Why? Because emotions are seen as a sign of weakness. We don't talk about emotions. And that comes from trauma. But that comes from some sort of cycle that's been passed down to us. Another family might have trust issues with outsiders. Or some families might even be anxious about and overly protective of their children when they're not around. Because even if there's no threat. So for example, I was talking about it last podcast about my mom. She'll start calling me sometimes at like 7.30, 8 o'clock to be like, where are you? When are you coming home? I don't think it's out of a part, like that she doesn't trust me. I know my mom trusts me, but it's more so that anxiety of like, she's not here. I can't control what's happening to her. I need to call her. So that's a, something that's happened within my mom's life that's been passed down. And now she's put it on me. I'm the same way. If I go out with a big group of people, I need to make sure that I'm in control of the situation. <laughs> I could just be a pushover. Like I just could be someone that just likes control of all the situations. But I always feel the need to make sure that everyone's home safe. I always need to make sure that I, if I know everybody else is drinking, I'm not drinking to make sure that everybody goes home safe. I'm always checking in the group chat of like making sure everybody messages me when they get home safe. It's because I love these people. I don't want anything bad to happen to them. So I do want to make sure that they're safe. But that that comes from my mom's cycle of doing that, right? So it's kind of transitioned down to me. This by me, no means is like a comprehensive list of examples of how trauma affects multiple generations. It can show up in like unhealthy relationship boundaries, family subconsciously learning unhealthy survival behaviors. So like all that, it does have different ways of manifesting itself. And also everybody experiences trauma differently. Everybody just because everybody's situation is different. Everybody's comes from different backgrounds. So this is by no means a blanket statement for everybody that everybody has felt trauma like this. It's just that I want you guys to take these tools or take whatever information that you're learning today and look at yourselves and be like, huh, okay, this could be something that I want to kind of probe and navigate. And so the most important part about all of this is that we can stop generational trauma cycles from continuing. We totally have the power. So we we can do it, you guys. We can totally change the script. We can flip the script and we can totally take that control back. It's important that we feel safe. In order to deal with any trauma, in order to break these cycles, we need to understand how to feel safe. It is one of the hardest concepts to be able to feel safe about our emotions. We're often told not to feel certain things or we're often scared of judgment or often trying to hide how we're actually feeling about a situation. It is important that we feel safe discussing our vulnerabilities in order to break some of these cycles. Therapy is a beautiful thing, you guys. I can't stress it enough that I feel everybody should be going to therapy. Everybody should be talking to someone. Everybody should be looking at their life and like looking at different cycles and patterns of their behavior to correct those because we will never be able to move forward. We're always going to be in that same cycle if we can't 
break it and if we don't feel safe to break it. That's why it is so important to seek out support and help and reach out to people that we feel we can be safe with, we can be vulnerable with, and we can talk about some of these bigger issues. In therapy, you really have your therapist's unconditional acceptance of their thoughts, your feelings, your experiences. Because even when I'm talking to people, I'm like, oh, no, you shouldn't feel like that. Like if I'm talking to someone in my personal life, it's very different than how I'm dealing with individuals in my professional life, right? It's very different. I I know that my clients can come to me with anything and I'm never going to judge them. I'm never going to be like, oh, okay, you shouldn't feel like that. Or, oh, you shouldn't feel like this. Or, oh, no, maybe your mom was thinking this. No, you need to go somewhere where no one is going to judge you and you're just going to feel like you're being validated. Your emotions are okay. It is okay to feel how you're feeling. Um, As a therapist, as a behavior consultant, it is my biggest thing. I always say my strength is rapport building. It is important even for our kids, like they're little kids. I work with kids from three to six. And my biggest thing for everybody that even that I coach when they're working with the children is take two weeks and just have fun. Build trust with that child. Make that child feel safe and secure. And that's when you're going to see the most progress in those kiddos. That is when you're going to see their true potential. Because when we feel like we can be ourselves around someone, that's when the best version of ourselves comes out. That's when we can really look at things and be like, okay, well, I've been feeling like this. And why? Why am I feeling like this? Because the other person's not going to judge you for feeling how you're feeling. So that's why it is so important to help others feel that they're being heard. With generational trauma, it's important to help the client or the person feeling in this cycle to think in terms of the identified problem being something that they were born into and not something that they've created. What happens with trauma is sometimes we feel that we've created this mess. We feel that we've created this anxiety or we feel that we've created this problem or we've created the situation. That's not necessarily what it is. We need to help them understand and see the problem for the problem and not for themselves as the problem. A traumatic event that happened to me, and like not many people know about this one, so it's, it's a exclusive for the pod. Um, growing up, I was bullied a lot. Um, I was always like a misfit. I was tall. I was lanky. I looked like a boy. It was just all bad. And um, there was a group of kids, I remember, and um, I became really close to one of them. And I was actually really surprised because she was being very nice to me. And so I became very close to them and that girl, I told her like I liked somebody or something like that around those those stupid elementary crushes and she like gave her my deepest, darkest secret and she took that and took it to her friends who she had said that she was in a fight with and she wanted to be my friend only. She took it to her group of friends, which was like the cool kids and they all cornered me in at recess and um started making fun of me of being like you're so ugly no one's ever gonna want you um you why would you even think that and I was like what like what is happening and I remember I was so upset that day I actually just felt numb and I still remember it so vividly my sister always was like I have such a vivid memory when it comes to some of these things I've like I just felt numb and so I ran home 
and my grandma my baby she used to stay home and i literally was like i'm not going to school i didn't go to school for three days so it, in that moment it was just like i'll get over it. it's fine it's fine but that was like the start of the downhill spiral for me in my confidence throughout uni- throughout not even through actually yeah throughout university i would even say so like all of junior high all of high school all of university i always was like so cautious of like trusting people because to me it was like if i trust somebody because of that traumatic event i'm they're gonna go and tell everybody else like i trust no one kind of thing but then again like my parents fed into that so when i would tell my parents like oh this happened at school but oh yeah you shouldn't trust people because that's what people do what no like that's not what people are supposed to be doing it's more so like okay no these are not your real friends but again they didn't know now that i've been doing my own work and doing therapy and all that kind of stuff i'm looking at some of these events and being like oh okay this explains a lot of your behaviors and why they are the way they are if i look at even like anything in my life like it does stem from that a lot of my issues come from that but now that i've been doing the work and now that i feel safe enough to talk about some of this stuff i've been able to break that cycle so that's why that safety part is so important it is important to feel safe when we're talking about trauma another big thing i often hear in our community and this is like more specifically to men because i feel like there's trauma and like societal things that we learn and then there's different ones for men in our culture of like men shouldn't cry and stuff but it's okay to cry in front of others. Your tears are not a reflection of weakness. They're a reflection of natural emotion that needs to be expressed. Allow others to see the fullness of your humanity. Like, allow others to see that you're a whole human being as well. Just recently, actually, I was watching a documentary, uh, the Serena Williams one with a, with a guy I know. And he was, we were, it was the scene where he, Serena Williams' husband comes, or no, Serena Williams comes in front of her husband on the day of her wedding and he starts crying and this guy looks at me and goes he's a bitch why is he crying and i'm like looking at him and i'm dumbfounded like what and i'm like well what makes you think he's a bitch right why are we judging him for crying and he's just like well why is he crying he's being a bitch and i'm like no he's showing emotion there's nothing being a bitch about this he's just overwhelmed seeing his bride and he's having a natural experience towards it it is okay for him to cry but again i can't get mad at the guy for it as much as i was like pissed off at him of like what the fuck are you doing but he is just saying what he's been taught that's just been what's taught to him is like don't feel safe showing your emotions to someone or don't feel safe about like talking about things that's why like even ghosting like we talked about it yesterday people aren't don't feel safe showing their emotions and i will never understand it because it's just such a natural part of who we are so some of the stuff that's like passed down like the traumatic events or trauma that's passed or it's even those coping mechanisms that are passed down to us right of like we can't cry we can't talk about our emotions we can't talk about people who have passed away or how we're feeling about those people that have passed away or that situation that happened so again these are all things cycles that we need to be breaking we can do this for our children and so if you're a mother and you're listening to this one thing and i'm not a mom yet but one day 
<laughs> I will be. And one thing I really do want to drive home to my kids is asking questions to myself of like, how is it that I want them to be able to deal with their emotions? Because I think one of the biggest things with traumas is that you just don't feel like you feel like you're you're almost at fault for something, right? So like even with people dying, why am I feeling guilty for talking about someone who has passed away who is close to me? That's, that's okay to talk about, right? So what I really want to drive home for my kids and what I want you guys or challenge you guys to maybe ask, what are we doing differently with our own kids that our parents didn't do with us? Second, what did your parents do differently with you that their parents did with them? And three, what cycles have been broken? For number one, I can't answer that because I don't have kids right now. But one thing that I think I'm going to be doing a little differently when I do have kids is that I'm going to be talking about emotions openly. Doesn't matter if I have a boy, if I have a girl, doesn't matter who it is. I'm going to talk about emotions. I'm going to hug them. I'm going to tell them I love them. I'm going to spend lots of time with them. Not that my parents didn't do that with me, but our parents were providers. For me, my parents were always providers. They were working. They worked hard. And that love and affection doesn't just naturally come. I'm also going to be very affectionate with my partner because that also didn't come in my family. It's just like, you don't, you do not hug. You do not kiss. You don't show emotion. And I don't want my kids to be seeing that. For the second question, what did your parents do differently with you that their parents did with them? I think my parents did an amazing job of making sure that I was provided for. They did a really good job, the best that they could do to make sure that I was taken care of. I never had to worry about food. I never had to worry about things I wanted. They really gave me everything I ever wanted. And for that, I'll always be grateful because I know that they, if I wanted a pair of shoes, there was a certain pair of shoes they would go get it. Even till this day, I can tell my mom, I like a very, I could say one comment about food of like, I like this, this, and this about this food. The next day, my mom will bring it. It'll be in front of me. <laughs> like she doesn't skip a beat. She will always bring everything that I want. And then three, what cycles have been broken? Well, I'm just going to ho hope when I have children that the cycle that will be broken for me to my kids is that one of like, understanding the importance of emotions and feelings and therapy and all that kind of stuff. I really want my children to be in tune with who they are. I want them to be in tune with their emotions. Um, and something, a cycle that was broken from, like, obviously from my parents' generation to us, is that our parents are a little bit more liberal. Like, I feel like they're understanding that, okay, like, we have to raise these kids in a Western culture. So they did allow certain things like allowing us to like listen to music and like weird stuff like that or like allowing us to wear like clothes that we wanted to wear, um, even though they were a little, they wanted us to be conservative, but we didn't have to go to school in suit and salvarkamis, right? Like we could wear whatever we wanted. So there are some cycles that have been broken, but I do feel that there are cycles that need to continue to be broken. So again, 
therapy is the best way to kind of deal with any kind of trauma. So if you guys are experiencing something or you guys are going through it, there are some amazing agencies. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to Stride Psychology, actually, and I'm really hoping that uh, Simran and I can get on a podcast one day. Simran, I'm asking you through my podcast, but I'll message you as well. But of we have South Asian therapists now. We have um, actual psychologists and psychiatrists that are from the South Asian community. So they also themselves have gone through some of those same traumas or same have experienced some of the same generational trauma um, to create a safe environment for you guys to talk about some of this stuff. So again, therapy, there's like theraplay, there's parent and child interaction therapy, there's child and parent relationship therapy, there's family play therapy, there's play therapy in general. Um, there's so much different type of therapy. And if you guys want to learn a little bit more about generational trauma, I just recently read a book by Mark Wolin, I think his name is. It's called It Didn't Start With You, How Inher- Inherited Family Trauma Shapes Who We Are and How We End the Cycle. An amazing read. Um, I highly recommend it. So if you guys want to learn a little bit more and what you guys can do to end the cycles of these traumas um, that have been passed down, that would be a great episode or a great, not episode, that would be a great book. Um, But with that, this episode is going to be coming to an end. I hope you guys learned a little bit about trauma. Again, I could talk about trauma for 65 hours. Like I love learning about it and how many layers are to it and this by no means is an extensive like now you left this podcast and you guys are trauma informed people and therapists that's not what it is it's just a very general introduction um and just to get you guys thinking a little bit more about different things that you may have experienced that have shaped your behaviors because um, all of our behaviors, all of our coping mechanisms come from somewhere. Um, And again, I hope that this will encourage you guys to go get some therapy or go talk to someone where you you feel safe to navigate some of your emotions. Um, But yeah, with that, I'm going to close this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe on the different platforms. I'm, I have a link in my Instagram account of the different podcast um, avenues that we are on now. So again, please keep sharing. Please keep liking. Spread the word. Um, I'm really excited about next week's episode too. We're going to be talking about autism, which is another one of my favorites. I'm going to be uh, joined by Naz. Um a South Asian woman who is just beautiful inside and out. And so we will be talking about autism and her uh, brother's diagnosis with it and how they have navigated that. So I will see you guys all next week. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I hope you have a beautiful week.